Welcome to the FCBC NYC podcast. We're so thankful that you decided to join us in this moment and in this season in your life. Our prayer is that this podcast will be a catalyst for conversion and transformation and that you will be inspired and renewed in such a tremendous way that your desire will be to be your best for God. Again, thank you for listening, and we're excited to see what is next in your life. We are an ever-evolving community of visionaries, dreamers, and doers who have been called by God to live the lives we are created to live, commanded by God to love beyond the limits of our prejudices, and commissioned by God to serve. Called to live, commanded to love, and commissioned to serve. And if you cannot remember everything I just said, we have three powerful words, family. What are they? Live, love, serve, and we are grateful for that. Well, I I thought about what scripture could be used today, and and a scripture came to mind, a scene came to mind that can be found in the Gospel of Mark. I've shared with many of you during this season, the Gospel of Mark has really galvanized my spirit and has been a, a wealth of information. I love Mark's Gospel because it is the shortest gospel, and it gets right to the point, right to the heart of the Jesus movement, right to the heart of the ministry and teachings of the carpenter. And and today, I want to go and look at another passage of scripture in the Gospel of Mark. It is found in the ninth chapter of Mark's Gospel, beginning at verse 14. And I'm reading from the New Revised Standard Version on today. And here are the words uh, in the scripture. When they came to the disciples, they saw a great crowd around them, some scribes arguing with them. When the whole crowd saw him, they were immediately overcome with awe and they ran forward to greet him. He asked them, what are you arguing about with them? Someone from the crowd answered him, teacher, I brought you my son. He has a spirit that makes him unable to speak. And whenever it seizes him, it dashes him to the ground and he foams and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. And I asked your disciples to cast it out, but they could not do so. He answered them, you faithless generation, how much longer must I be among you? How much longer must I put up with you? Bring him to me. And they brought the boy to him. When the spirit saw him, immediately it convulsed the boy and he fell on the ground and rolled about foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. It has often cast him into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you are able to do anything, have pity on us and help us. Jesus said to him, if you are able, all things can be done for the one who believes. Immediately, the father of the child cried out, I believe. Help my unbelief. When the Jesus saw that a crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, you spirit that keeps this boy from speaking and hearing, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. After crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out and the boy was like a corpse so that most of them said he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up and he was able to stand. When he had entered the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? 
He said to them, this kind can come out only through prayer. Let us pray. God, we thank you and we honor you. We're grateful on this day, O oh God, for how you continually make yourself known in our midst. Now, O oh God, as we move forward to hearing, open our hearts, our minds, our eyes, our spirits, so that we might be receptive to your word on this day. God, we thank you. We honor you. And most of all, O oh God, may the words that you declared on today and the collective meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. God, you are our strength, you are our rock, and you are our redeemer. And we say thank you. This is our prayer, O oh Lord. In your name we pray and we say amen. I just want to lift up a few passages from the scripture that was just read. In verse 22, here's what the father says to Jesus when speaking of the tormenting of his son. He says, verse 22, it has often cast him into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you are able to do anything, have pity on us and help us. Jesus said to him, if you are able, all things can be done for the one who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out, I believe, help my unbelief. This scene for me has been one that I've often read over the years and thought through the, over the years, but on today, it speaks powerfully to me as we contemplate and think about Father's Day. For so many, Father's Day evokes sometimes beautiful memories, sometimes painful memories, and sometimes traumatizing memories. In a perfect world, we would love to think that we all have perfect relationships with our parents, perfect relationships with our fathers, but the truth is we're not in a perfect world. And that means there are many of us who don't always have the best relationships that we would have liked with our fathers. And this does not mean that we are galvanized by dysfunction or shaped by chaos when it comes to these relationships. But the truth of the matter is, again, we're not in a perfect world. And for many of us, Father's Day has a way of evoking certain memories. There's some of us who, who had fathers who were not present in our lives. That means that in some way, shape, or form, today being Father's Day is a reminder of, of absence and loss. Because there are many who can testify today that they've had to grow up not having their father present, not having their father in their lives. And so days like today become a painful reminder of loss and absence, and for some, even abandonment. Even with that abandonment, this day, Father's Day, can also be a day that can trigger memories of trauma. Trauma connected to maybe even dysfunctional or abusive relationships with, with a father. Some, again, deal with loss or absence, and some maybe even dealing with some form of abuse connected to fatherhood. 
And with that being, that trauma may be because the relationship with that dad, that father in your life was not what you would have wanted. It was not optimal. It did not speak to the parts of you that groaned for a father, the parts of you that groaned for that man in your life to be a source of stability and nurturing and strength. And then again, on Father's Day, you begin to think of what you did not have, who was not present, the sadness that is evoked in this time. So again, in a perfect world, we would have these amazing relationships with the fathers that we have and our fathers. But again, we're not in a perfect world, which means that in some ways, this day can be painful. It can be a reminder of the absence. It can be a reminder of the loss. It can be a reminder of what you did not have. It can be a reminder of trauma. It can be a reminder of dysfunction. It can be a reminder of abuse. It can be a reminder of deep longing and deep sorrow, of deep misery and deep pain, of deep feelings of, of disconnection, distancing, abandonment. And then for others, there is a day where today is a beautiful day because those relationships we had with our dads, our fathers, was not marred by dysfunction, was not marred by chaos, was not marred by abandonment. But there are those of us who had fathers who were present, who were a constant source of encouragement and support, and who were there, who were there with us at every stage of our development and growth, who guided us, who led us, who were present, but more than anything, who were just there in our lives, present and present. Oh, I hope you got that. Present and present. Because then there's some of us who had fathers who were present, but not present. They were there, but not emotionally connected. They were there, but not really supportive. They were there, but maybe there were other things that distracted them away from their duties as fathers in our lives. And so no matter who you are on that spectrum, there are some who today reminds us of abandonment, some who today reminds us of loss, some who today reminds us of abuse or triggers trauma. And for some, it's a day of celebration because of the joyous connection you had to your dad, to your father. And today's day, being Father's Day, evokes all of those emotions for different aspects of our community. And today what I want to do in looking at this father is not give a model for fatherhood, but to help us reframe this notion, especially for those of us who today may be a day filled with some painful memories. This father in Mark 9 always moves me when I think about him and how the scriptures reveal him. Again, I don't want to say a model of fatherhood because there are no models. We all father differently. We all parent differently. But in this father are glimpses of possibilities of what it looks like to love and care as a man, as a father, with a son, with a child. This man has watched his son suffer from his childhood. As the man outlines it, some, some spirit takes over him and convulses his son and throws him to the ground and he foams at the mouth. And sometimes that same spirit, as the father calls it, it throws him into the fire and makes him cast himself into the water, almost burning, almost drowning, but always chaotic. Always convulsing, always foaming, but always chaotic. Losing his self in the possession by the spirit. Losing his identity. And this son 
from the father's perspective. Yes, his son that he loves, but his son is a reflection of his son's pain and turmoil and chaos. And the father is there. He's present. Not just present to support, but present to see the pain, present to see the trouble, present to see the hurt, present to see the damage. He's there. The father clearly has tried other ways to help his son. And he knows about Jesus. He knows about who Jesus is and the power that Jesus has. And he also knows about the disciples, because if you follow in Mark a few chapters back, it says that these same disciples had the capacity to cast out demons and to heal and to deliver. They had the same power shared in the same resource as Jesus. And so the father in the absence of Jesus now brings the son to them. When he brings a son to them, the disciples who prior times and in prior ways had the power, they now stood before his son, powerless and impotent, unable to do anything. And the father now who had high hopes that maybe Jesus' disciples who were walking in the same power, walking in the same strength could help his son now faces another moment where he now must not only watch his son suffer, but also endure the suffering of powerless people unable to resolve the pain of a son he loves dearly. When Jesus shows up, he sees the people are arguing and there's some commotion going on because the young man is still suffering through these, these tormenting moments shaped by his own internal demons and shaped by the suffering, by the spirit that convulses him. And then they're arguing because the disciples seem powerless. The father is frustrated and angry and saddened and hurt at the same time. And Jesus enters this space where the, the young man is still wounded. The father is still in pain. The disciples are confused and clueless as to why they could not help this child. The scribes, the Pharisees, the leaders are looking at the same situation and seeing this and using this as possibly another reason to diminish and undermine the ministry and work of Jesus all because the boy is still laying on the ground still suffering still hurting still wounded the father is still suffering still wounded and Jesus shows up and in the midst of that he begins to ask what is happening what is going on and the father says to Jesus I brought my son to your disciples hoping that they could help hoping that they could heal and they could do nothing. They were unable to do anything. Can you feel the disappointment and desperation of a father who simply wants to see his son whole again? And when Jesus asks him about the situation, the father then repeats the, the miserable narrative. There are times when the spirit takes my boy over and it convulses him and he foams at the mouth and sometimes it causes him to hurt himself, harm himself, cast himself into the fire, cast himself into water, almost burning, almost drowning at the same time. And, 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 and I hoped, I hoped, I hoped that your disciples could help, but they couldn't. So now I'm asking you, Jesus, if you are able to do anything, have pity on us and help my Son, I want you to see this father, not as a model of fatherhood, 
But as a human being whose love and compassion makes him go the extra mile for his son, he could have accepted his son's lot and said, this is what it'll be, and I guess I'll have to love my son through his woundedness. And there's nothing that suggests in the text that the father would not have continued to love his son, support his son, encourage his son, be present. It didn't say that the spirit always tormented him, but those moments it came. I know he might have felt a little helpless, but look at how the father shows up. One, he's present with his son in the midst of his pain. Oh, my God. This father is not the model, maybe, of fatherhood. But here's what I want to communicate to many of you who today may be a day filled with some hurt, some sadness because of not having a father figure, not having a strong father figure, not having a father who is present, or not having a father who contributed to your enhancement, who maybe participated in diminishing who you were. Here's what I'm grateful for. Our fathers, yes, a reflection of God's creativity, and we are the biological product of our fathers and our mothers. But for those of us who may not have had a strong relationship with our father, here's what I thank God for. I thank God for the different points in our lives where God has provided us with father figures. Men who have shown up right at the right time, and not just one man, but several father figures at different phases of our lives who are able to accompany us at some points along the journey. And for those of us who may have lamented or regretted that our father was not present, thank God for the father figures who showed up, who showed us that in some ways the primary function in that relationship may be just like this father in the story, being present in our pain, in our sorrow, in our joys, in our anxieties, in our celebrations. Maybe that is what we need to remember. For those of us who may be lamenting, who may be sad, maybe you may be the father figure for somebody else. Maybe you, because of your experience, whether good or bad, can serve as a source of encouragement for some child, some young boy, some young woman, by just being present. Just being there in the good and the bad, this father was present. He was able to testify of his son's struggle. Why? He was present. He was able to talk about his son's pain. Why? Because he was present. He was able to talk about the moments the spirit caused his son to cast himself into the fire and the water. Why? Because he was present. Maybe that's the gift that we need even today, to be present. And that's the first thing we see from this father. Not only was he present, but he was not intimidated by his son's struggle. Oh, my gosh. When I think about how so many children are fearful to live their authentic lives because of intimidated parents who can't handle children in their authenticity, but rather mold them with expectations that are not shaped by the uniqueness of their children. He was not intimidated to see his son struggle, to see his son wrestle, to see his son live. He was present, and he was not intimidated. And then the other thing I see from this father is that he goes the extra mile. He does not accept that his son's lot is all that there will be. He is committed to seeing the healing of his boy he knows that Jesus has power. He's heard that the disciples has power. And so what does he do? He brings the son to them. He shows up. He goes the extra mile. He does whatever it takes to heal 
So this father's present. This father's not intimidated, but his father journeys with the son. That's the word. He journeys with him to see some resolution to his pain and his angst. And then, as the scripture says, in that journeying, he shares the testimony of the man, of the young boy. And he tells Jesus what he's gone through. He's present. He's not intimidated by his son's struggle. And he goes on the journey with him through his own pain and misery. And then he says to Jesus, what seems like the trigger point in the story, he says, I brought them to your disciples. They could do nothing. And now I'm hoping you can. If you are able, have pity. Help me. Oh, pause. I didn't plan on saying this. But humility was present with the man as well. He was not so manly that he could not admit limitations. He was not so fatherly that he could not admit he needed help. If you are able to do anything, have pity on us. Yes, I'm his dad, but I haven't been able to help him. Yes, I'm his dad, but I haven't been able to ease his suffering. Yes, I'm his dad, but I've had to watch day in and day out, week in and week out, month in and month out, year in and year out. I had to watch my son's sorrow. If you can do anything, have pity, help us. And then Jesus' retort, if you are able, I mean, look at the stance of Jesus. Look at the confidence. If you are able, anything is possible. To the one who believes, well, there's several ways, and very quickly, to the one who believes in God's power to do anything, yes. But maybe to believe in your capacity to be present, not intimidated, journey, and be humble. Believe in you. Why is that important? There's some fathers who are even watching this right now who have regrets, who have regrets in their lives. Maybe you, dad, have made mistakes. And I know as a father, I've certainly made mistakes. And there have been days I wish I could take some of those things back and I wish I could start all over. I wish I, wish I could go back and do some things over given what I know now, but life is lit forward, not backwards. And so what you have to do, even with those fathers who are watching now, who've made mistakes, who could have done better, who, who look at the choices they made as fathers, maybe even now, maybe even now, you can still believe in you. Why? Because as long as you're alive and as long as your children are alive, you have an opportunity to reimagine the relationship. As long as you are alive and your children are alive, you have an opportunity, even in this moment, to show up, to be present, to not be intimidated, to journey, to walk in humility. That humility manifests itself even through the Father when Jesus tells him, what do you mean if we are able? All things are possible, those who believe, and here is the part that I want us to grasp. The Father says, yes, I do believe, but help my unbelief. I believe, but help my unbelief unbelief. I do believe, but there are parts of me that myself have been wounded that make it hard for me to grasp the enormity of seeing the wholeness of my son. You see, we forget sometimes that when we have fathers who may have been derelict in their duties, as I said, fathers who on this day reminds them of sometimes sadness or dysfunction and pain or trauma, we sometimes forget that those fathers may have been living with unreconciled wounds and unresolved trauma and unconfronted fears. 
that has made it hard for them to show up. This is no excuse, but it does beckon understanding and compassion because it is understanding, compassion, and love that can restore wounded relationships. He says, I believe, but God, help that part of me that wants to be better, that struggles with it. Help that part of me that wants to show up but struggles with it because I didn't experience that in my own life. Help that part of me where I want to be better but don't know the way. I believe, but help that portion of my life that is riddled with self-doubt, that is riddled with low self-esteem, that is riddled by the inability to embrace me, that is ashamed of me, that doubts me, that doesn't want to see me, confront me, that doesn't know how to love me, that is so filled with self-hate at times I wasn't able to love the way I needed to love. I wasn't able to be the father I needed to be. I wasn't able to show up in my son's life, my daughter's life, the way I wanted to be because I could not get past the things that were hindering me, not just as a father, but as a human being. I believe, but help my unbelief. Help me to see myself better, to face myself better, to be myself better. Help me to be the man that I dreamt of being. Help me to not let my wounds be an excuse. Help me to not let my damage cause me to damage, to not let my hurt cause me to hurt. I believe, but help my unbelief. Father's Day. It's not just celebration for the fathers we have. Maybe for Father's Day, it could be an acknowledgement of the fathers we need to become. The fathers we have been created to be. Maybe this celebration is also an emancipation. A setting free, a liberating, if you will, from the images we heard about what it meant to be a father, or a man to be tough and, and to not show emotion and to not shed tears and, and realizing that somehow suppressing our emotion is suppressing our humanity. Maybe Father's Day is just a day to celebrate those fathers who are present, who loved, who encouraged, who are always there for us, who just like this father in the story showed up, who were present, who were not intimidated, who journeyed with us, who were humble, who expressed and admitted their own limitations. But maybe today is also a time not just to celebrate those dads, but to encourage Encourage the other dads who didn't show up, who were afraid to be present, who were intimidated. Maybe today is a day for those of us who are sons and daughters who had those wounded relationships with fathers who are absent or fathers who could not be emotionally present. Maybe today is a day to show a little grace, a little grace to those men who sometimes only could give what they had and who could not give what they did not possess. Maybe today is a day of love and honoring and celebration, but maybe on behalf of the children who have been hurt, maybe today is a day that we think about the grace we can offer. The son is voiceless in this story. He says nothing in the story. It leads me to believe that this encounter, yes, is about the unbelief of the disciples, and yes, is about the murmuring of the crowd, but maybe it highlights the idea, the image of not what it means to be a good father because surely this is a father and son, maybe what it means to be a good human being who happens to be a man. Maybe that's the challenge today. Maybe that's the clarion call today that all of us as men embrace. Our willingness to be present, our strength to not be intimidated by situations we don't understand, our compassion to journey with our sons and our daughters, our 
sons and daughters who've been gifted to us, not by biology, but by love, to show humility in the face of our children, of those who God has sent in our lives as children, to be able to admit shortcomings, limitations, spaces of unbelief. Maybe Father's Day is a day to reimagine who we are is men who may happen to have the responsibility of being fathers and father figures in other people's lives. So my brothers, celebrate the day. You may have made mistakes. You may have fractured relationships, but there's never a time limit on healing. Do what you've never done and go where you've never gone. And most of all, and most of all, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid of the spaces where your limitations may hinder your becoming and evolving. Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. I believe but help build me up in my broken space and in my broken place so that I can live the life I was created to live. Come on, let's pray. God, we thank you. We honor you. God, we lift up those today who not only had difficult relationships with the fathers in their lives, but those, oh God, who today is painful because maybe they're grieving the loss of a father and the transitioning the death of a father. And then we celebrate, oh God, those who have had those relationships with dad that have been whole and healing and transformative. God, we lift all of us before you today. And then, oh God, for my brothers who have been fathers, but maybe have not been the best. And maybe we've made mistakes and maybe we contributed or were the catalyst to wounded spaces and damaged places, remind us that it's not over. There's still time, as long as we're breathing, for healing, for reconciliation, for restoration. God, remind us that Father's Day is not just a day to celebrate, but maybe a day of awakening and a day of reimagining. God, we love you. We honor you. And we thank you. And it's in your name, oh God, we pray. And we say, amen. Hey, don't forget, to all the dads today, again, happy Father's Day. But think about those words today, dad. Be present. Don't be intimidated. Journey. Be humble. And don't be afraid of your limitations. Because God can make you strong in your broken places. Peace and blessings, family. Thank you for listening to the FCBC NYC podcast. We hope that what you heard was informative and inspiring and in some way created a space for you to have a creative encounter with God. You can follow us on social media and on the internet at fcbcnyc.org. Please follow and also contribute. If you've been blessed by what you heard, support us financially that we may continue to offer these podcasts. Thank you again, and we look forward to you tuning back in in the future.